Welcome to the second season of the Gutsy Health Podcast with Shanique Roney and Gina Warfel, where we share uncomplicated, practical, and affordable wellness education so you can be a self-healing champion. This episode is brought to you by the Gutsy Health Membership Program, a program that gives you inexpensive tools and resources to heal your mind, body, and soul. Visit our website at mygutsyhealth.com. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. I have one of my most favorite people on the planet with me, Britt Lefko. She is our belief and mindset coach. She's the belief and mindset coach. If you guys haven't heard my past podcasts with her, I can't say enough good things about her. She helped change Tristan's life before he died. She's changing my life right now. I'm literally a different person because of the work Britt has done with me in the past few months. And you're my second most frequent flyer on this podcast, Britt. Did you know that? <laughs> I've interviewed your second most frequent flyer. So most interviewed. I, <laughs> I must adore you. My first is um, Ryan Blazer from Test My Home, where we talk about EMFs and chemicals and all that stuff. And you're my second. So love it. So, you guys, I've been working. Britt is our belief and mindset coach in the Gutsy membership. And as you guys know, the order of healing starts with mindset. And I keep just coming, bringing audiences back to mindset and why it's so important. And it's fun because Britt and I will have these conversations and I'm like, man, I wish we had a microphone in front of us just to record this. People need, <laughs> people need to hear this. So I keep roping her back on the podcast. Cause I'm like, please, can we unpack this for people? People are, they don't understand this. They don't, they like the world educates us on like positive affirmations and this and that. But you guys, for some people, positive affirmations just don't work. And Britt and I were having this conversation about a month ago and I asked her and members have actually asked her like, what do you think about positive affirmations? And what, like how, when it comes to mindset, like it could be so many things, meditation, positive affirmations, different types of practices. And so I asked Britt, I'm like, how, when someone's trying to go on a healing journey and so many people fail in the mindset world, why are we failing? Why, what is actually happening? Because everyone says, oh, it's conscious and subconscious work, but sometimes it works for some people and sometimes it doesn't. And so I loved the answer you gave me and I want listeners to hear it. And I would love for us to unpack this today because if you have been embarking on your healing journey and you're like, I've tried mindset, I've tried meditation, it doesn't work. Britt's got some truth bombs for you today. So Britt, I'm going to let you take over and blow people's minds because you guys, every time I talk with Britt, my mind is blown every single time. And it's like, there's a, the way she describes things creates shifts in people, like literal shifts. It's like, it's like learning that Santa isn't real. And you're just like mind blown, right? And the way she describes it, it just, it completely brings down belief systems that you thought were real that just aren't. I'm going to keep quiet now, (laughs) Britt, and I'm going to let you kind of take the reins on this. Got it. Thank you, Janique. It's so fun to be here. And I mean, like you said, I just, I so enjoy our conversations. And so it's fun to be able to share the things that we talk about with, you know, with your members and with your listeners. 
Um, so Johnny and I were sitting outside. It was a beautiful sunny day. I'll give you the whole oh, thing. We're sitting. I think we're probably holding hands, knowing us, right? <laughs> right. And you asked, you you said, you know, Britt, what do you think of positive affirmations? And like, I feel like a lot of the time they don't work. What do you think? And I said that the challenge with positive affirmations is that thoughts don't change emotions. Only emotions can really change emotions. And the reason why is it's two different parts of your brain. So when you're consciously thinking, you're accessing your prefrontal cortex, which is where logic, reason, rationalization, your ability to kind of envision where all of those things live. And that's that 5%. If you've heard me talk about this before, I talk about how 5% of your decision-making power from a functional MRI scan is going to come from your prefrontal cortex. But 95% of that energy, of that driving power of your brain is coming from your amygdala, which is your emotional brain. So if your emotional brain has a stuck feeling of not good enoughness, and you say, I'm good enough, what's happening is you're accessing 5% of your brain that actually already agrees with you. Mm -hmm. But the 95% that disagrees is living in your emotions. So you're accessing two different parts of your brain. So what's happening is you're creating a lack of congruence. So you're Mm. creating confusion. So you're triggering this confused feeling of your imaginative, visionary, cognitive brain being like, I'm good enough, I'm good enough. But the 95% of this unhealed emotional energy is like, no, I'm not. Mm -hmm. You're lying. That's not true. Mm -hmm. And you get a big red flag. So it can actually create a knowing inside of your body. I don't agree. I don't agree. I don't agree, which can be really defeating. So I think one of the reasons why positive affirmations can be so hard for people is it brings up a defeated feeling when 95% of your emotions and body are saying, I don't believe you. I just don't believe you. That's really amazing because I remember when Tristan was first diagnosed with cancer and I started listening to positive affirmations and Tony Robbins and all that. And it was the thing that got me through. And I remember going to Tristan and be like, listen to these affirmations, like they'll shift you, they'll change you. And he was, it wasn't like he was repulsed by it, but he just kept pushing affirmations away. And now with what I understand with Tristan, it's like, he just couldn't believe those things. There was no part of his existence and being that could believe that, you know, he, as we've spoken about in the past, there was so much unhealed self-loathing and depreciation that we really were able to uncover in the end. And I always say like, when people ask me, what would we have done different? I would have said, found Brit first, unpacked all the emotional shit for lack of a better word. And then like healed his heart to heal his body and his soul and his cells. So like that makes perfect sense when you say like for some people it will work, but there's so many people who have that subconscious programming that is just like, this is all BS. Like, and like our brains are so good at that BS meter, right? Right. And and what's so beautiful, Janique, about what you said is that you did believe. Mm -hmm. So the positive affirmations were powerful for you because they were in alignment with what you believed or they didn't work with Tristan because they weren't in alignment with what he believed. And so there are some workarounds. I don't want to say that positive affirmations are bad because when they work, they're really helpful. Mm -hmm. And I think finding positive affirmations that do feel true can be a first step. Mm -hmm. So instead of saying I'm good enough, 
maybe say like, I'm on a journey mm-hmm. to finding good enoughness, right? I'm that. embarking mm-hmm. on a good enough journey, mm-hmm. right? Or to be able to say, I commit to loving myself, even when I don't feel good enough, right? Mm-hmm. So the affirmations, they can be a commitment, they can be a journey, right? Instead of if you if you're feeling not smart enough, instead of saying I'm smart enough, saying I'm becoming connected to the intelligence that I've always had, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And try to find these workarounds. Now that can be a challenge, right? That's not the recommendations that I make for my clients. Mm-hmm. That's not my way. I just want to make sure that I'm saying something that I'm not taking it off the table. Yeah. But I think, you know, and something that Johnny, you and I have talked about that I also kind of want to tie in here is the idea of self-sabotage, because I think sometimes we try to use positive affirmations as a way of overcoming Mm self-sabotage, but self-sabotage comes from the 95%. If 95% of our brain is saying, you don't deserve this. And 5% of our brain is saying, I want this. The 95 takes over. So self-sabotage is simply your subconscious brain taking over your conscious brain. That's all that it is, right? If there's a race, right? Mm-hmm. And you've got a car and it's your 5% car and you've got your 95% car and you're chugging along the 5%. Mm-hmm. I want this. I deserve this. I'm going to get this. I believe in myself. And then all of a sudden you look out the window and you take your eye off the road yeah. and your default mode network kicks in and 95% uh. of your brain, which is like, you don't deserve it, mm-hmm. takes off, right? Self-sabotage is the 95% taking over the five. It's your default right. mode network taking over, right? So if we try to use the 5%, Mm-hmm. We're still in this position where self-sabotage can happen the second we take our eye off the road. Right. So being diligent, being vigilant, being deliberate, being intentional is the way that we typically try to prevent the 95% from taking over, right? Because self-talk is still feeding into just that 5%. Mm-hmm. So what I what I would love to actually talk a little bit about is how to get into the 95%. Yes. Because I've just kind of set up this picture that feels like, oh no. What <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, how do we make that 5% car? <laughs> how do we make it a 10% and then a 15% yeah. and then a 20%? How do we fix this? <laughs> Exactly. So the last thing I want is for people to feel defeated. And it's funny because whenever I talk about mindset, you know, I think one of the things that I say is that it's really easy to get overwhelmed when we look at what we determine to be broken. Mm -hmm. But there's, there's always a different perspective. And I think that the empowering perspective is that 95% of your brain is controlling your decisions. You have access to that 95%. Mm. There's always healing that can be done in that 95%. And the best news about the 95% is that all the limitations aren't true. Yeah. There's nothing you have to do to fix what's broken. The only thing that you have to do is to realize that the things you think are true are not true. Like I want to pause there for a minute because what a matter. Go more into that. Like what a magical thing that nothing I'm asking you to do or like nothing that you have to do is learning something new. Mm -hmm. You don't have to create new habits. You don't have to like go on a productivity kick. You don't have to force yourself. You don't have to be better. You don't have to be smarter. You don't have to be more disciplined. You don't have to do any of those things, Mm -hmm. right? From my perspective, all of that is about optimizing a 5% that's already pretty darn good, right? That's not what this is about. 
So where this becomes really empowering is when we see that the 95%, a lot of the time is just a black box. Mm -hmm. It's just a really unexplored little kid that's like sitting in a corner waiting to be seen, waiting to be loved, waiting to be validated. And Jenny, I want to tell you actually something that I said to a client one time and it came out of my mouth and I was like, oh my God, like I felt like I, I had tears that Mm -hmm. were like asking to come and it came out and I was like, I just said that to you. And I was like, I want to say this to more people. Mm -hmm. And I've said it to myself and I've said it to a couple other people. And so I want to kind of share this with everyone, but this moment happened where I realized that my client when she was a little girl, had a pretty traumatic childhood. And I realized in that moment that she had become the caretaker. She had become the woman that that little girl needed, Mm -hmm. that the woman she had developed herself to be was everything that that little girl needed. She was strong in the ways that the little girl needed strong. And Mm -hmm. she was compassionate in the ways that the little girl needed compassionate. And there was this continuity between this little girl and this woman. And, you know, she had this kind of not sarcastic, but she had a little bit of a spunk, you know, Mm -hmm. that little, and that little girl needed that spunkiness because if it was too soft, she would have pushed it away. And if mm-hmm. it was too hard, she would have felt unsafe. And I realized you've become the woman that that little girl needed. Mm-hmm. Like you're perfect for her. And when I said it out loud, I realized that we all are. Yeah. That every single one of us has actually become the person that little self needed, that yeah. we have developed in our entire development has been an honoring of that Mm. little person who was like, I need these things. And that is, that's the value. That's what we become. Yeah. There's this concept that the voids we have in our life, we spend our whole life trying to fill Mm -hmm. the things we didn't have or the entirety, right. Of what drives us to become. So we become that, which we don't have, which is that idea that we are the person that little self Needed. Well, and, so, and and I want to give some examples because some people might be listening yeah. and they're like, well, I'm sick. I didn't become the person my little girl needed. And it's like, well, maybe you did. You became sick because that little girl needed rest, right? You became sick right. because that little girl needed some attention. You became sick because you needed gentleness and you needed to slow down. It's mm-hmm. so funny. So you know, when people are like, I didn't want these bad things to happen. I didn't want to be, think about maybe a mom who's like, I didn't want to be a stressed out mom. I didn't want to be a snippy mom. And it's like, well, no, you became snippy because it's a protective mechanism against X, Y, and Z. You became snippy because it's an indicator to you that you're in overdrive, right? So I wanted to give some examples to people and how that could actually apply to them because it's absolutely true. Right. Yeah. Because the idea of becoming the person that your little self needed, that doesn't mean you became super successful and your life is perfect and everything is great, right? It's not an external indicator. Mm -hmm. It's the idea that even through being sick, you've created resilience, you've created strength, right? If you had a story that you're weak Mm -hmm. through being sick, you've proven to yourself that strength and that resilience, right? So sometimes where I noticed it with myself, which was actually very very profound for me was that I have often called in hard things. Mm -hmm. Like I've found ways to make things hard. Yeah. (laughs) So great. I'll take something that could have been really easy and I'll make it hard because I had a story that I was weak. Mm. And so I don't love that something is really easy for someone else and hard for me. I don't love that. So if you were to ask me, is that what you created for yourself? I'd be like, no, I hate that. That's not what I did for the little girl. But what I did was I said, I need to prove to myself Mm -hmm. that I'm strong. 
Yeah. So let me do hard things over and over and over again so that I can prove that I'm strong, that I'm resilient, that I can mm-hmm. overcome. Right. So sometimes we do it in these really tricky ways yeah. where we on first look, it's like, I didn't become the person who I needed to be. I'm mm-hmm. not good enough, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. But what's actually happening is very different, right? It's not that we became the person we thought that we needed. We right. became the person we actually needed. Mm-hmm. Not the person we thought we needed, the person we actually needed. Yeah. And when you dive really deep, you can find these beautiful little granules of evidence of this, right? Mm-hmm. And so to kind of like tie to tie this back in, the person that we become is the person who is kind of responsible for going back into that subconscious and exploring, mm-hmm. right? Because with our adult brain, we have a lot of experience. We have a lot of perspective that we didn't have as a kid. As a kid, the four walls of our house, that was the universe, right? If we had two parents, they were people, right? right? That was it. That was men. That was women. That's the world. Mm-hmm. And so now with all of this amazing life experience we have, we get to go back. And if those feelings of not good enoughness are hiding in these kind of subconscious cavernous, you know, dark spots for childhood, Mm -hmm. right? The little kid doesn't need to look at that. I don't want to ask my emotional self to go back and feel the not good enoughness. That feels like crap. Why would Mm -hmm. I ever want to do that? But utilizing this 5%, utilizing my imaginative, logical prefrontal cortex and this adult self, I can go back and be like, okay, let's look at the little kid. Yeah. It's not the kid looking at the kid. It's the adult looking at the kid, mm-hmm. right? When the adult looks at the kid, we're like, that was not a not good enough little kid. Right. That was a little kid who like couldn't mind read no. her parents and didn't like know how to clean the kitchen in the right way right. because she was five, like yeah. right? who didn't value adult things because that part of her brain hadn't developed yet. I can create compassion mm-hmm. for that little girl by utilizing my adult self. Right. And I think it's really important to understand when we were young and we created these rules, we had no context. And so these rules that we created that we now live in, they haven't been updated. They need an app update and they need to be completely obliterated for lack of a better word. It's so funny because I kind of want to give an example. This is hilarious and this is going to be a little bit humbling to share, but recently I've been dealing with a lot of health issues myself, you know, so I've had to like kind of take a step back. And I always think I know a lot about mindset. I know a lot about all these things and emotions and feelings. And it's funny, we did a coaching call and you said, today I know exactly what I want to talk about. I want to talk about your inability to feel. And I was like, what on earth are you talking about? I know how to feel. And I said, I feel fear and anxiety. And what was it that you told me? You said fear and anxiety are not feelings. What are they? Their reactions, their reactions, right? The reactions, fear is not fear and anxiety. Those are not feelings. Mm -hmm. It's not feelings, not emotion. That's not in the same category as sadness, resentment, despair, anger, Mm -hmm. frustration, joy, passion, love, difference, reaction. And it's so funny because I'm like, I know how to feel. I have all these feelings all the time, fear and anxiety. And you're like, nope, those are reactions. You don't know how to feel. And it's interesting because you took me through this unpacking of the story of why I don't feel. And it's interesting because as soon as you did that, it was like a shift in me happened. And I can't tell you how many times I've cried and sobbed for myself since. And I realized because I did an an EMDR session, I've been doing, I've been working with you and I've been doing EMDR. And it's funny because 
with EMDR, you take these hot emotional moments, right? And you reprioritize them in your brain. And, and it was funny because I took the very first memory of when I realized we might lose this battle with Tristan, when we realized there were Mets in his lungs that were growing. So that meant stage four. And I remember that emotion so strongly. And when the therapist, Greg, he's our therapist at Prova Health, he's phenomenal. When he was like, what's the energy around that? And I was like, there's no energy. I just remember it. But then when we started going into it and I start sobbing and he was like, what are you feeling? And I'm like, I'm feeling sad for myself for the first time. And it's like, no wonder I have anxiety and fear because I've pushed down all this emotion for myself because I was so busy holding space. I was so busy trying to keep everyone alive and happy, literally alive, right? And happy. Um, I was trying to run a business and trying to get the move going and the chambers open and all these things and the programs. And I never stopped to feel sad and sorry for myself, for that 28 year old who was 20 weeks pregnant and was told her life is gonna turn completely upside down. And it's like, so working with you and unpacking that and realizing, and again, you guys, it's not like a, let's go into your trauma. It was just like, do you see how you haven't done this? Let me show you, let me take you on a journey to see how you missed these steps and why you are the way you are. You look like it took an hour for you to just help me see that. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I've done that. Now I understand. Now when I have that inkling to push something down, I'm going to choose different and I'm going to lean into it. And I'm just going to let myself freaking cry and literally like dry heave and sob. Right. And then, and so it's just really interesting how that's, it's, it's so easy as just like, taking these subconscious things, making it conscious, and then shifting that 95% into the other car. Yeah. Right. And I just, I'm, I'm so appreciative of you sharing that. And I'm also so proud of you. That makes me so happy. It's just so beautiful, but I, I'm so appreciative of you sharing that because like you said, you unlocked your emotions Yes. so that you were able to go into this MDR session and actually cry instead mm-hmm. of just saying, it's fine. Like you had unlocked that and you had unlocked that safety for yourself around your emotions. And right. what's so incredible is you don't just unlock access to sadness. Mm-hmm. You unlock access to deeper joy and love. Yes. Emotions are things that we are so often terrified of. Like what if I open up Pandora's box, mm-hmm. but look, you cry, yeah. you let it out and it's done. And then you still have a day. Mm-hmm. You have a day. Yes. It's really funny. I had one night. Oh God, this was so, this was, maybe a couple of years ago, but I had so many stories about being the center of attention. Like mm-hmm. I did not want to be the center of attention. I loved leading, but making it about everyone else. I did mm-hmm. not want it to be about me. And I was at, I was at this beautiful gathering and it was like personal development thing. And somehow all of the energy in the room went on me mm-hmm. and I wanted to sprint out of the room mm-hmm. because my thought was this, Johnny, my thought was this, if they make it about me, I'll steal the night. Mm, I'm going to steal everyone's night that there's 15 people here and they Mm. all deserve to have a night. And if they put their attention on me, Mm. they're going to waste their night. They're going to lose their night. And this is what it, and I'm going to tell you what I took from it. Every single person there put their focus on me. Every Mm -hmm. single person sat in a circle around me. I think it probably lasted 20 minutes. Guess how many Mm. hours the night was. I don't know. It was a five and a half hour (laughs) night. They still have their night. Mm -hmm. I didn't steal the night. Mm -hmm. I didn't steal the night. And I think it's the same idea with emotions that if I let myself be sad, I'm going to be sad for days or weeks or months or years, especially people who struggle with depression. They're like, don't open the door because you'll be sad forever. Mm -hmm. Depression is an absence of sadness. 
sadness. It's not sadness. Sadness is movement. Depression yes. is stagnant. I want right? you to, I want so you to tell people that because like you said to me, like, sadness. <laughs> And go ahead. And another thing that you said to me is that we, as humans, we're not sad. We're just having sadness flow through us. It's just energy moving yes. through just because the energy yes. moves through me. It doesn't mean it is me. And so that's what, and you mentioned that emotions take 90 seconds to go through yes. you. And can you please explain yes. that? And if we're still stuck yes. in it, yes. it's a story. Yes. Please go into yes. that. So Yes. So the life cycle of an emotion is 90 seconds. So it takes 90 seconds for your body to process an emotion. A story, on the other hand, I want you to think about like ancient traditions or native traditions. Stories get passed on for generations. Mm -hmm. So when you attach a story to an emotion, you basically go through the 90 seconds and then you restart it and then you restart mm -hmm. it and then you restart it. Because so of the, the story. The reason why emotion gets stuck is because of the story, mm -hmm. right? I want to also point this out stories are in a different part of your brain, right? Mm -hmm. So stories create thinking, not yes. feeling. So mm -hmm. when you move into a story, you think the emotion, you never fully process it. Yeah. So it almost is like purgatory. Hey listeners, I've now used Cozy Earth Sheets all winter and now summer long. And let me tell you, you just don't get better temperature regulation than this. Cozy Earth Sheets are developed with high quality materials that are responsibly and sustainably sourced from the earth so that you can get the restorative sleep you need. These sheets are way softer than cotton and have a 100 night sleep test. That means you can try it for 100 nights and if you don't love it the way I do, you can send them back for a full refund. Also, use my discount code GUTSY to get 35% off your Cozy Earth Sheets and start creating the sleep sanctuary you've always dreamed of. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's actually use an example, right? Let's imagine that I have a lot to do one day and I ask somebody for help and they don't do what I ask them to do. Mm -hmm. Right. I know this is very relatable. This is a complaint that I hear all the time. <laughs> like, why am I doing everything by myself? Mm -hmm. So we ask, let's say that we ask our husband or we ask our wife or we ask one of our kids, right. To do something mm -hmm. and they don't do it. The emotion might be frustration. If you fully feel the frustration, you mm -hmm. breathe the frustration, you imagine the frustration penetrating your body. The emotion is so big. It penetrates your body and you fully feel it. That's 90 seconds. Yeah. The minute that you say, here's your story. No one does what I ask them. Why am I in it alone? Mm -hmm. No one ever helps me. I'm resentful, right? The minute yes. that we create a story, mm -hmm. what happens? Now we're in purgatory. Now mm -hmm. we're in that space where we're half feeling and half thinking. We've engaged the brain, mm -hmm. right? Yes. In this whole new way. Now the story's on repeat. Yep. There's one thing that I that I love that I've heard is, and this is cool because it starts to bring in some of the neuroscience and understanding the neurochemicals. When you have mm -hmm. an emotion that goes for 90 seconds, your body actually processes yes. all of that toxic, all the neurochemicals that are produced into your body. Your body's like, oh, 90 seconds yeah. worth of stuff. I got you. I got this. Mm -hmm. But here's what happens. If we put it on repeat, your body will continue to produce the neurochemicals. Mm -hmm. If you produce those neurochemicals for long enough over and over and over again, it actually creates what's called a mood. Mm. Right. So you change the pH, you change the chemistry of your body to mm -hmm. where now you experience the emotion as a mood. Right. Mm -hmm. If you create that mood for long enough, mm -hmm. you create an identity. 
Interesting. So that mood, right? So you think about an angry person. Yeah. That angry person, the reason you feel like an angry person is because you had an emotion, yeah. a 90 second long emotion mm-hmm. that got turned yeah. into a story. Yes. That story reproduced the emotion over and over and over and over and over again until you created a neurochemical environment in your body that was so strong that you had a mood. Yeah. That mood lasted for long enough that now you have an identity, right? Mm-hmm. So it becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. So how do we change it? Like, where's our power? How do we step in mm-hmm. when you feel fully right? When you feel a storyless emotion, mm-hmm. you actually allow your body to fully process all of those chemicals to fully process yes. the energy, to fully process the emotion. And then you're clean. I don't know anybody or like anyone who's ever had a really good cry. And then after they feel like a million dollars, right? After my, after my dad yes. died, and I relate to Janique a lot with this because after my dad died, like I just wanted to be fine. Like I felt like I was very much kind of on the front lines for his care, right? Dealing with nurses and doctors and diagnoses and sickness. Mm-hmm. And at the end, it was hard, you know, it was changing diapers. It mm-hmm. was really hard. There was a lot of kind of darkness around that time. And so I was on overdrive. Like yeah. my life goal was to make sure that my dad didn't feel guilty for leaving his family, that my dad mm-hmm. didn't feel guilty for dying. I wanted to make his death beautiful for him, not for me, for him. That was my goal. Mm-hmm. So I was like kind of on overdrive and I didn't really let myself cry. And I just kind of had a move, yeah. right? My lack of fully feeling turned into this weird mood where I yeah. was fine and but like angry. Fine. For me, but it's like, like I'm fine, but I'm angry. Weird. Like I'm fine, right. but I'm angry and I'm like reactive. And it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like, fine. It's I fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I like went internal. Like I didn't get angry. I didn't get sad. Like I just got quiet, Mm -hmm. but not in like a good way. And like a with, I became withdrawn. That's the Mm -hmm. word I became withdrawn. And I remember when I finally let myself cry and my sobs were deep sobs. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't 10 minutes later that I was uncontrollably laughing. I yes. just started laughing because I felt so relieved. Yes. I was laughing. I went and I had the best day. This literally, I had the best day after that. Can I just say that since I've spoken with you, that has literally happened to me twice where that emotion comes up and you feel that inclination to push it down. Right. But then I remembered, I'm like, no, just lean into it see what it is and give it 90 seconds. That's lit. You guys, it's 90 seconds of energy moving through you. Think of your body as a wand, right? And the emotion is just like this magic energy that just goes like into the universe. I love that. And so it's like, so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to let this go through me and consume me for a little bit for 90 seconds. Anyone can do anything for 90 seconds. And it's funny because it's like, oh, it's done. And the second time when it happened again, I was literally ugly sobbing, like, dry heaving snot all over my face and like my boyfriend Ryan was like holding me and I'm just crying so hard and then I was like okay we must be at around like the 60 second mark right now I'm like okay it's still there let's I was literally like timing it right and then it it was about two minutes of this sobbing and then it was like oh I'm so relieved, you know, and then like you said, it's like, I started laughing and I started ugly crying, laughing, you know, and it's like, wow, it's gone. (laughs) Like it's so gone. But here's the funny part. I, you guys, I'm a pretty smart cookie. I think I'm very emotionally intelligent. I've taught emotional workshops. I've been to all the like 
emotional healing. I teach the gutsy mindset stuff. You're like the expert, but like, this is what we talk about. And I didn't see this block in me. And so what I want to point out to people is we can't see what we can't see and we don't know what we don't know. And so when we are stuck on these like loops of self-sabotage and you're doing all the work and I put there in air quotes, you're doing all the work and you're still stuck. It's because you, there's a block, there's a wall somewhere and you can't see on the other side of it. And that's when you need a Brit Lefko to help you see it. You have uncovered for me, like I am really intelligent, you guys. So many people are gonna be like, you're such a narcissist, but I've done a lot of work no on myself. Like, Everyone knows you're brilliant. Like, I, like, I'm like, I'm a really smart person and I couldn't even Jedi mind myself out of some of these beliefs, right? And so it takes someone who's a genius in their work to help you get out of your head and into your heart and to see, oh my gosh, I can't believe I have withheld X, Y, and Z from myself. I can't believe I did this to myself. I can't believe that I actually believe that when you've helped me like see some of my belief systems that I've picked up from young, whether it was from, you know, friends or school or church, it's like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I saw the world through that lens and you literally removed the lens for me. And it's like, it's like you allow beingness to be basically. It's really phenomenal. So yeah, I love that we're talking about this and that if people are like, well, I've done the healing, why am I not there yet? It's probably because there's more to learn. And, and, and you guys, I'm sorry, I'm going to keep talking for a little bit. I've worked with coaches and I've worked with some of like the best of the best. And there is no one, no one like Britt Lefko. No one. I will say this on repeat probably until the day I die. Like the work she does and the like it's belief systems unpacking. She's like a mindset and beliefs coach, right? Like she will make you look at your beliefs and then completely obliterate them. Right. And it's like this freedom. Like I said, is it really as simple as like not believing Santa exists? And it is when she takes people through workshops and classes like the Zoom calls with our members and people are like literally mind blown. They're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I didn't see that. Or this is my favorite when people are like, yeah, I was on that call. It didn't resonate. But then as soon as I woke up the next morning, it was like something clicked and I was like, oh my gosh, it's just interesting (laughs) how your brains, like our brains are so smart to put these beliefs in place and they are that intelligent to take them away. It's easy. Like, I don't want to say like, it's easy, but it kind of is when she takes you through these processes. It is. is. It's so easy to shift. And here we like, we've been taught, I just have to meditate for hours a day and I have to do two hours of affirmations and I have to do all this work. Right. Yeah. And it is this easy. She can just help you shift something so that when you do do the meditations and you do do the journal work, it's that much easier. It's so much easier. You don't have to spend five hours a day doing it because now she's helped you shift a belief that when you do the other work, it's easier and you are literally out of your own mind's way. So fun. It's really fun. So so here's the thing. I want to tie a couple of things together. Um, And I want to like kind of bring back some of the things we started with, right? Like why can't we think ourselves into changing like what's going on when I'm self-sabotaging? How do I fix all this? Like, how do I, how do I make sure that I'm not getting my own way? And I think the answer kind of begins here. When you notice that there are things that you want that you don't have Mm -hmm. or things that 
have that you don't want. Mm -hmm. What if we just start with the assumption that there's something going on in my 95%, right? There's something going on in my amygdala, in my emotional brain that is getting in the way, Mm -hmm. right? I feel like that's step one. Just acknowledge when I say I want to be really successful and I'm not making a lot of money, or if I say I want a relationship and I'm single, or if I say I want to stand up for myself and I'm silent, or I say that I want to take more free time and I'm a workaholic, right? Mm -hmm. There's a reason why. And the reason why is because there is some sort of limiting belief system or some sort of you know, I mean, I think limiting belief system is kind of the easiest way to put it, right? Just generalize, right? So there's some sort of limiting belief system that is hanging out in my subconscious mind that I am shielded from, that I'm blocked from, that I can't see that is getting in the way. So Mm -hmm. let's go back to the analogy of the 5% car and the 95% car, right? The 5% car is this like hot red, like I got this sports car. And the 95% is this like lugging Mm -hmm. car, But what happens is when the 5% car, when the red sports car like stops, it's a tortoise in the hair analogy in my head, which is like the worst (laughs) analogy for this because it's not true, right? But like the other one goes zooming by, right? So the 95% car, the really, the question that you want to ask is what is the fuel for the 95% car? What is the gasoline? Mm -hmm. What is the gasoline that is driving the 95% car? Is it an, I'm not deserving. Is it, you know, success means I'm a bad person. Is it, I don't Mm -hmm. deserve health. Is it there's something wrong with me? Is it if I'm happy, people will think I'm better than them and I'll lose love? Is it I'm not mm. loved? What are those things? And so the first thing is to assume there is gas in the 95% car. And mm-hmm. I, I want to make like a step-by-step thing for people so that like for everyone who's listening to this, I want to give you like a formula. So let's do it this way. Step one, acknowledge there is gas in the 95% car, right? Step two, start to ask, do I know what that gas is? Can I figure out what that gasoline is made out of, mm. right? Maybe look a little bit into your childhood. Do I have a parent who had the same issue, mm-hmm. right? Is this an issue that I've seen in my family, in my kind of family history? Or is this something that I can figure out logically, right? If I'm not getting what I want, it's probably that I feel either not that I'm not capable of it or I don't deserve it, right? Mm-hmm. That I'm not... I'm not enough for it. So just do a little bit of work to start to uncover what is this fuel. Mm -hmm. And then I think step three is to sit with the little version of yourself who did feel that way. And as your adult self, go over and just be with that emotion, right? Mm -hmm. Be with that feeling. So very often we'll say, don't think negative thoughts. They make negative things come true. There's a difference Mm -hmm. between negative thoughts and emotions, right? Mm -hmm. There's no, there's no negative emotions. There are negative thoughts. There are no negative emotions. So don't sit with your negative thoughts, sit with your emotions. Mm -hmm. If the emotion is a not good enough feeling, sit with it, right? Not the story, the feeling, whatever emotion that brings up, it could be sadness, it could be smallness, it could be anger, powerlessness, frustration, but really start to practice giving yourself some spaciousness in your life. And like Johnique said, it's two minutes, right? This is not a three hour meditation, two or two minutes, give yourself two minutes Mm -hmm. to really just sit and feel those feelings and just start to allow your body to release. Because remember, these emotions are stored in your body. These emotions are a lot of what make us sick. So if we start to release these emotions from our body, we actually start the healing journey, right? We start to give ourselves this entire energetic shift and emotional shift so that our body will change. And one thing that you taught me too this week was 
don't ask why is this emotion here because you're putting a story on it. Just be like, what do I do? What do you do with the emotion? You release it. You really lean into it and you feel it. Stop asking why, because why is going to keep you stuck in a story. You were saying the brain is so good at answering questions and coming up with solutions, right? But you don't need a solution in that moment. You just need to feel it and release it. Be the wand for the magical emotion moving through you. Just let it flow through. Don't attach a story as to why it's there because you're going to keep wanting to go back into the why and the why and the why. It was interesting. On repeat, right? So we access our stories by asking why. Why is the perfect way to access our stories? Our stories Mm. are what we don't want. It's funny that you brought that up. I got kind of stern with Johnique. I did. And I said to her, I said, Johnique, the minute you ask why, you've already lost the battle. <laughs> you've already lost. And you're then I was like, up. but why? Why have I lost? <laughs> and then you laughed. So, and, then, and then you did it. You put it into practice mm-hmm. and you've had these beautiful, these beautiful mm-hmm. shifts. And so, and I think it's fun, right? It's like, this is one thing that we get to talk about. Mm-hmm. But I think if we kind of zoom out, right, yeah. the idea is that there's a million ways that we can empower yeah. ourselves to shift and yeah. to heal to grow. Right. And Mm -hmm. so it's just really reminding people how valuable this journey is. It's funny because I don't ask why anymore. I say, no wonder I am feeling X, Y, and Z, because as soon as the emotion comes through me, I'm like, Oh, that was huge. Like what a big emotion. And it's like, no wonder I feel beat up. No wonder I'm like trembling inside. No wonder my body is expressing X, Y, and Z symptoms. No wonder I'm having panic attacks. No wonder I'm not coping with day-to-day functions. It's like, so I no longer ask why. I just feel into the emotion and I let it have its 90 second stage. And then it goes through and then I'm like, oh, no wonder I'm a wreck because my body's been holding all of this energy for so long. And it's just waiting for me to allow it to pass through me. And it's not going to kill me. I always, I'm like, this is going to be the death of me. Right. And that's my trauma talking because I literally watched someone die in like a very long and painful death over a long period of time. And so my brain keeps saying, I'm in danger. I'm in danger. Anything that's not normal equals danger. Right. And now I can actually lean into it's okay. I'm safe. Yes. Yes. Well, that's so powerful about what we did last week is that it created that safety. I mean, this is literally why I tracked you down a month ago. Like we've been friends for a while and I've, I've done stuff with the membership, but I could not get Johnny to be a one-on-one client. So it's only been a month. Now I literally, because I'm strong and independent. I don't need help. Although I'm crashing and burning in front of everyone's eyes. I I can't, I was like, I can't watch this. It's only been a month now. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's like, right. Is you've been able, especially last week, like you were able to create that safety to start feeling because, you know, Mm -hmm. we had to build a little bit of groundwork for some other stuff, but that's, that's all that it took, right? All this just came from a month Mm -hmm. of this work. And now you're seeing like, oh, I'm fine. I just need to feel right. Cause that's all Mm -hmm. that shoved down emotion. It's like you said, expressing as these, as these symptoms. And I think that that will resonate with so many of your listeners that sometimes our expressions of symptoms are not actually the illness. We think it really is just stored emotion. And that when that emotion says we find we have all this energy and we're not as sick and tired as we thought we were a hundred percent and now it's like oh no wonder no wonder my body is expressing this no wonder my body is expressing that and I feel really impressed to share with listeners something that you shared with me on a one-on-one 
because over the past month, or maybe it's been two months, it's funny, I got COVID. And then I think I got this really aggressive Epstein-Barr infection. And so my body has just been kind of crashing and burning on me every time my stress goes high. And so we had to like unpack that unsafetiness, right? And just be like, you're not dying. You know, you're just uncomfortable right now. And it was interesting because you shared with me, you said, your body doesn't trust you to take a break. And so it's forcing you to now. And I found that really powerful that, and I'm going to share this again. I had someone ask in a class, like, weren't you angry at your body when it broke down on you when you got Graves' disease? And even back then I said, here's me with all my smartness, right? And I said, no, my body didn't betray me. I betrayed it first by not giving it rest and not giving it nutrition and not doing stress management and putting my husband first and my baby first. And I betrayed my body. And it's funny because now I'm going into this second round of weird health ailments. And you said to me sternly, you said, your body, you know what to do and you are still not doing it. And your body is literally, literally disabling you because it doesn't trust you to rest. And again, and so it's like, of course this is happening. I'm not asking why anymore. Why am I manifesting dis-ease? Of course I am because look at what I've done to myself, right? And as I've been doing all this mindset unpacking, I'm looking back on the last six years of my life and I'm like, holy cow, what was I doing? Like I was working like a maniac and I was trying to keep my husband alive. Of course I feel this way. Of course my body is breaking down and it's calling me back to reclamation, you know? And so when it comes to you guys and your health journeys, that's why I say mindset is always number one. And you're always, and when you think you've arrived and you've reached nirvana, there's still 10 other dimensions to understand and to unpack beautifully. What an honor it is. What a time that we live in where we have access to experts like Brit to help Help us unpack these other 10 dimensions of mindset and go deeper and deeper into the work, into deeper understanding and be like, okay, this is what it looks like to create a true healing journey. This is what it looks like to look at my dis-ease and dysfunction and heal it from a mindset place. There is so much more to understand and we're barely scratching the surface. And so Britt, I'm so grateful for you for what you've already taught our Gutsy members. You opened up our first Zoom with our new cohort and people's minds were freaking blown. And that's the gift that you are to the world. Like you just, you help people unpack stories, beliefs, traumas in a way I've never seen anyone else do it. And so thank you. Thank you for the gift that you are. And I want people, listeners to know that finally, after months and months of waiting, you now have, you have a way that people can access you and access this information. Will you tell us about it? Yes. I'm so excited. I can't tell you how many times I've been like soon, soon, soon. Um, but I really wanted to get the time right. And I wanted to get really, really clear on what this was all about. So I am launching my mindset group. So my mindset group launches on August 2nd is the first call. And what this is, is it is everything mindset. I'm taking 20 years of experience working with clients really across like from business to personal to health coaching and like taking 20 years of 
everything I know and everything I've seen and really distilling it into here are the key things that are going to make the difference. These are the things that are going to help you create self-love. These are the things that are going to help you create self-trust. These are the things that are going to help you heal. These are the things that are going to kind of put you into this infinite possibility mindset. These are the things that are going to help you to get more of what you want. So it's like a full life up level. And we meet every other week. And in this group, I will be doing some like sharing kind of lecture, some conversations, and then we'll have opportunities to workshop real stuff, right? So we'll have times when people can say, hey, I'm going through this in my life. How do we workshop it? And then I get to workshop it in a way that everybody gets to benefit from. So we'll be able to workshop stuff, we'll be able to work together. It's going to be so much fun. I could not be more excited. Yeah, it's really a dream come true for me to finally do this. And what a gift because, you know, when people work with you one-on-one, it's like a thousand bucks per session. And let me tell you, it's like worth every penny because the shifts that you make in people, some people could spend months working with a psych, some people spend years with the psychologist and the needle is never moved. And in one session, you completely change people's minds, right? And so what a gift that you've created this in a group setting. And the first month, if people sign up, the first month is free. Like you are literally creating the first month free to show, like to give people an opportunity to realize that they are worth this investment in themselves, right? And to wet your toes a little and be like, holy cow, I need this. I need this work. I need this unpacking. Like the shifting people get in the very, just an hour with you. It's so beautiful to watch. I've seen it happen over and over and over again. And that's why when I saw you work with Tristan, he was a different man. I was like, the world needs Britt Lefko. Like the world needs this work because you changed my husband that was on the brink of dying. You changed him. You made dying for him more tolerable. You changed his life. And even though it was the last minute of the last hour, like it meant the world to him and to me and the way you've shifted people's mindsets, like they're forever changed in one hour. And so you guys sign up, join that first month, have your mind be blown, invest in yourself. Because if you are stuck on the medical merry-go-round or a healing merry-go-round, or you just find that you're self-sabotaging, there's something missing and you need an expert. You need an expert to help you to help you see and unsee things. I thought I was an expert. I thought I was good. I thought I was smart. And Britt keeps (laughs) blowing my mind and telling me things like, I want to talk about how you don't feel. And I'm like, of course I feel. I feel anxiety. I feel fear. I feel stuff all the time. You are nuts. And every time she's not nuts, I'm nuts. And so let her help you unpack these things. Join us for that month. Join us for this whole group, you guys. Like, let yourselves allow yourselves true inner healing and peace so that as your mind shifts, so can your body shift. This is the affordable option. This is not the one-on-one coaching option. Right. One of the reasons why I'm launching this is because I want everyone to be able to work with me. I've had a lot of calls in the last two years um, that have really impacted me of people who just really couldn't afford the one-on-one work that I want to be able to work with. I want to be able to work with everyone. Like I used to volunteer in rape crisis centers. Like I've done a lot of volunteer work in my life and I want to be able to integrate all of this. Like I want to be able, I want everyone to be able to to join this group. And so Mm -hmm. it's at a price point where everyone can join, right? It's at a price point that's affordable and And yeah, it's for everyone. 
Like, let's start truly and properly integrating step one. And Britt can really help you get there. So I'm so excited you've started this. I can't wait for everyone to get more Britt Lefko in their life. Britt, anything else you want to mention about that before we end this recording? Um, I mean, I think just... I want to remind everyone too that healing can be really fun because, you know, Jonique and I, like we talked about like some of the big emotions and the self-sabotage, but a lot of why I created this mindset group is because what I've found is that there is a way to access your healing and your growth. That's actually really fun. And my personal journey, a realization I had that really changed my life a few years ago was that my biggest growth has always come through love and joy. Mm -hmm. And that a lot of my work was actually to allow myself to create love and joy in my own healing. Cause I realized that's what I do for clients. I laugh with my, like we laugh, we have fun. Like I love my one-on-one clients. We have a blast. We do really deep healing work, but it's fun. And I think that a lot of us feel overwhelmed of like, is it going to be hard? Is it going to be scary? Is it going to be depressing and overwhelming? And what I want to say is like these calls are going to be fun these calls are really going to bring lightness and empowerment like I want to empower people to take control of their self-love and healing journeys and so Mm -hmm. what this mindset group is about is it's perspective shifts it's belief shifting it's infinite possibility right this is about walking towards what we want this is about coming alive this is about authenticity and self-love right it's not about healing trauma that will happen right? But that's not what this is about. This is not a focus group where we come together and heal trauma. This is the place to come alive. And so that's, I just really want people to know that that's what the energy of this group is. And after you're in it for a while, what you'll start to notice is you're happier, you're more authentic, you're more alive, Mm -hmm. and then it builds on itself, right? So the idea is that we're walking towards this infinite life and just getting more and more and more empowered in the process. I love that you mentioned that like, this isn't trauma hunting, this is healing, right? A lot of people think we have to go into the stories and unpack it and relive it. And like, and it's like, no, we don't trauma hunt here. We just heal. We move forward. We see things as they are and we move away from it. Right. And so it's so beautiful what you do. You guys. Awesome. Britt, thank you so much. I freaking adore you and I want the whole world to know about you. So thank you for your time. (laughs) Thank you for your brilliance. Listeners, thank you for always being here and becoming self-empowering champions. I love the messages I get from you guys where you say this, the podcast is helping me empower myself to heal and to believe that healing is possible. And it is, it is. So you have the power. And so let's just unlock it. Britt, I love you. Thank you. Listeners, I love you too. And I will catch you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Gutsy Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed and learned a lot from this episode. For more updates, follow us on Instagram at Gutsy Health Podcast. 